0: I'm Ninja Sister, and I'm Pandalicious, and this is the Ashcast. This is Electric Sisterhood podcast episode number six twenty. Choosing the character with the cutest outfit is not intelligent strategy. Electric Sisterhood, home of the original, the fucking original, girl gaming, tech gadget, and anime podcast. I am Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. Welcome to a brand new episode of our weekly podcast, Panda. Hi. Girl, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, but I'm cold. I'm, i just finally yeah. struck in My Massachusetts. My feet are a little chilly. You know, it's okay though. I'm just I'm just mad because like why gotta be cold on Martin Luther King weekend like why because okay we live
1: in New England where true the that. weather is done by Sybil and the weather changes every fifteen minutes true that you right I don't even know why I asked the question there's no but, point we know the answer right I know where I live
0: like I don't even know why I put that question out into the universe you right I know what what well, I know what time it is but that's okay though because I'm good got my heat. Got all my food, got my bingeables lined up. So, like, I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm going to finish. You, got, you got your drink in your cup? I do. I got my drink and my two-step. No, no, I got, I got like, rations. We're straight, you know. Uh, everything's <laughs> good with the electrical. I got all my uninterrupted power sources. All batteries are charged, so I can save any game that I'm playing uh, and shut everything down okay without any issues. So, like, I'm good. I don't even know why I'm complaining. It's first-word problems, but it's cold okay
1: at the end of that but i mean if if if, if at the end of the day the worst thing about your day is that you're a little cold right like i'm not even i'm ahead of the
0: game as long as you're not bleeding out on the street dying Right. right like i'm alive i'm not dead winning winning it's about the little things but i'm actually pretty good you know i've been catching up on my back catalog You know, I, uh, one of my kind of, I don't want to call it New Year's resolutions, but one of the things that I told myself that I wanted to set as a goal for the year is that I really wanted to kind of trim my back catalog. You know, there are a bunch of games in there that I'm just like, I'm not going to play. There's way too many things that are coming out this year that I'm really going to want to spend time in or that I'm spending time in now. It's disingenuous to say that I'm going to play them. So it's going to be okay for me to say I'm not going to play these games and actually clear them out of my system if I'm not going to play them. So one of the things that I did recently was that I went in and I took some of the games that I had you know, downloaded uh, that I was going to play or that I had copied over from my original 360 games because they were in the Back Compat library Onto my Xbox where I'm like, you know what, I'm just—I'm not going to play that game again. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to run through Bulletstorm all over again. Even though it's one of those games that, like, created and brought to me one of my favorite curse words of all time. I'm not going to run through that game all the way again. So there's no reason for this to sit on my hard drive and take up space. Are you going to make us relive that? Because I don't think I remember what this swear word was. So there's a mission in Bulletstorm. It's one of the reasons why I love that this podcast is tagged as explicit. So there's a mission in Bulletstorm, which if you've ever played Bulletstorm, is a cover-based shooter, but more times than not, you don't really spend a lot of time in cover. You're pretty much just going Leroy Jenkins, balls to the wall, shooting in the game, except for, I would say, probably the boss missions. The boss missions really punish you if you don't utilize cover to some point. But it is a cover-based shooter, so it's very much in the vein of A Gears of War, if you've ever played that game with Borderlands-type dialogue and humor. Mm -hmm. Best way I can describe it. Okay? And in the game, Claudia Black does a voice of the female character that you can pick in the game because there's, uh, if I recall, there's four different character types of party members for your system. And in one of the missions, which is a quasi-escort mission... You're bringing this lanky dude who has, like, information that you need in order to progress further, uh, trying to get him through this open field into this building. And he always lags behind. And I think all of us have always—that have ever played any kind of game where you had an escort mission— you've often gotten frustrated at the AI of the character that you're escorting because they just—they never act smart. They never go to cover when you want them in cover. They never just stay put when you need them to stay put. Sometimes even if you're able to issue commands to the character to stay put, they don't stay put. And so they force you to move away from your strategy of how you're going to defeat enemies so they can get across the level okay. And at one point, this character is supposed to move and... They don't, and Claudia Black's character cusses them out and calls them a useless fuckstick. <laughs> and I'm oh, that's like, that's right. That, there we go. That is just a genius curse word. You know, it gets across so many things: the futility of your existence by simply referring to you as a fuckstick. Oh, <laughs> love it. Elegant. Favorite curse word of all time. All time. Okay, and you know, I love me some motherfucker, but it's like above that. So, if I use that on you like you have pushed me to an echelon of rage and just anger that I don't go to often. Favorite curse word. But anyway, I just I had to part ways and and I mostly put it back on when it became backwards compatible cuz I simply wanted to play the game again to get to that point to just hear that again. That that's a very nostalgic moment for me, right? But ultimately, you know, as I looked at my, my back catalog, I was like, there's a lot of other games in here that I really need to and want to finish. And just having these other games that are there that I know that I could play, but that I, if I'm honest with myself, I'm really not going to get to, it just then makes the catalog feel overwhelming and it feels like I can't make any progress. So like in my little kind of Marie Kondo way, I got rid of the things that I didn't need. It just kept the things that brought me joy. That like so I, joy. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I cleared out some of my back catalog. Like, I just said, you know what? I'm really not going to get to these. It's not any dig at my gamer cred that, like, the amount of games that I have played isn't huge, okay? I've played the things that have brought me joy, and I've played some things that haven't. And I'm just going to focus on... You know these new things that are coming out and these new experiences that I want to have. And as I have time, you know there are a couple that you know I will go back to and and play again. And you know I I kept, but I chucked about thirty five games out of my backlog. Wow.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I have like over a terabyte of space open back up in my Xbox, you know, to make space for these new games and these new experiences, you know, because I'm, I'm very excited about The Division 2. Every, every, every time I see something new about the game or I see new gameplay or level things, I'm just more and more excited for it. You know, we've talked already about Kingdom Hearts, and yes, it was pushed back to week, so we're not going to be talking incessantly about it, but we will at some point be talking incessantly about it and i'm looking forward to going through that experience i am going to be playing it on the xbox just because i again i really enjoy my pro controller my elite controller it's my the most comfortable controller for long periods of play with me so i am going to be playing it on xbox and i'm i'm looking forward to that experience you know uh earlier this week a ep was released of soundtrack music and it's just it's so good to hear Utada Hikaru in my head again. It just, I know that she's done a lot of other music, but to me, she is the signature sound of Kingdom Hearts. Like, it's not a Kingdom Hearts game unless I hear her singing. And so even though it's a Skrillex track, which I love Skrillex too, and there are a lot of people who are like, this is a big, big move away from like what Kingdom Hearts soundtracks are on the EP there are also other songs that are ballads that that are the gut-wrenching emotional gravitas pieces that you come to expect with a kingdom hearts game that are on there and i'm very excited from what i heard where i think these pieces may go so i'm i'm looking forward to experiencing them but you can Uh, listen to uh, the EP. It's on major streaming platforms. So if you have Spotify or iTunes or I think they even put a couple of tracks up in SoundCloud, but not the whole EP, you can listen to them in their entirety. They're also on YouTube. And it's just really great to, you know, like we were talking about last week, have this nostalgic thing, this experience from... You know, my younger days of gaming coming back around in this new form. I'm excited to play the game. And I'm looking forward to hopefully not running into a Sephiroth situation where I'm woefully underpowered and therefore can't get through to the end of the game. But I'm I'm looking forward to making it to, to the end of, of this game and and hopefully having closure, I think because I have re-watched the Unraveling of the Story video again that Eurogamer did that put all of the DS games logically in order so you could get the whole story. And, oh my gosh, the way those things jump around. Like I have to give credit to the studios working on those games for keeping the lore in order. The way that they jumped across games, it would have been very easy to mess up their own canon. And the fact that they didn't, I, I got to tip my hat to that because that's really talent. But, yeah, I dropped 35 games out of my back catalog. Wow. Yeah. Opened up a whole chunk of space. That's so much space. Yeah. But there were a couple things that I kept, not necessarily because I'm going to play the game again, but again because, you know, they I had such an amazing experience playing those games that, like, they're a memento for me and I don't want them to go to wait. So, like, I kept Valiant Hearts on my system, you know, I I think playing through Valiant Hearts one time is enough um, on the emotional side, but I just thought it was so well done, and and that game brings me joy in a very deep way that I was like, I don't want that to not show up when I'm looking at my library. Just looking at the the game art sparks something in me, so like I kept that. I also kept Ori in the Blind Forest because again, I had that kind of experience with the game, and I haven't finished it, so that was the other reason. But like I dropped off my Devil May Cry games, I dropped off Bayonetta, I dropped off Quantum Break. Like, I just, I dropped off a lot of games that, you know, I either started or I grabbed because I I really wanted to try them out and I just, I didn't have the time to go back and do them because other things came up, either other game experiences that I was more drawn to or things like that. And I think that's one of the things that I wish the game community adopted more. I think that there's, there's kind of, I don't want to say mystique, but there's this pressure that, you know, kind of the size of your library and the eclecticness of your library, the volume of it somehow validates you as a gamer or gives you the the cred to call yourself a gamer and and I don't think that way I don't think that it's just you know who has the most systems and who has the most games and collectibles and controller variations and you know on the the same level as like comic book collectors you know it's not about the depth and the breadth of the library it's do you have games and play games that bring you joy and and bring you a great experience and and do you leave yourself open to experience new games and new joy like if you do those things regularly then to me you're a gamer it doesn't matter what platform you're on that you do that it doesn't matter you know if you're on desktop versus console versus mobile if playing new and different games regularly brings you joy and you do it regularly then you're a gamer the end can right, so, so that kind of, like, was my epiphany, and so my goal for myself was that I wasn't going to hang on to any games that deviated from those things, you know, that, that kept me from being able to experience it, and there are so many games coming out that are going to require so much hard disk space that I was like, yeah, it's time, I just, I need to let these go, I'm not going to play them, and I need to make way for the future, because Kingdom Hearts is going to be a big install, okay, Red Dead Redemption 2 was a huge install. You know, and there are more games coming that are going to be the same way. I I am very excited about Mortal Kombat 11. Which shouldn't surprise anybody. They had a a reveal event earlier this week. I wish that I could have gone, but unfortunately day job requirements did not allow that, but I had quite a few friends in the industry who went and it looked like an amazing event. And what was really interesting was Mortal Kombat, I think, is one of those games that definitely went through some growing pains and some identity crises. Who doesn't? I think we all remember the first outing with DC Mhm. and yes. how that felt like neither a DC game or a Mortal Kombat game because there weren't... Real fatalities, so how can it be Mortal Kombat? Because, like, that's the defining thing for many people, even people who are not familiar with the franchise of Mortal Kombat, is the fatalities. It's the brutality of the game was the thing that, you know, sparked a national outcry when it first came out because it was mocap and you're pulling people's spines out and there's blood everywhere and, and parents across the nation are like, oh, my God, my kid's going to become homicidal. That didn't happen, but there was that cry. And it's just kind of grown from there. And, and Mortal Kombat has become known as one of those brutal, visceral games, but at the same time, it's also a pretty balanced fighter to begin with. And so when those are paired well, when it's the brutality is executed, where it's that just smidge over the top, where you're like, oh, damn, versus oh, ew. And then the fighting mechanics as far as, you know, counters and blocking and juggling is executed well so that nobody ever really feels cheated. It really is about the skill and the timing to, again, where you go, oh, damn, versus damn, Damn. They've done a really good job balancing the game. So, in 11, they are introducing a few new mechanics to the Mortal Kombat ro- world, but it's pretty much Mortal Kombat 10 elevated just a little bit more. And if you enjoyed 10, which I did, I think that you're really going to enjoy 11. So some of the things that they were showing off during the reveal of the event, they didn't reveal all the characters, which I think is a good thing. It then gives them, you know, some things that they can do while promoting the game up until its launch, which I think it's launching. I can't remember if it's either March or April. I'm going to have to look that back up, but it's either March or April of this year. And so they showed off a panel of eight characters Obviously, some of our our core knowns, so Scorpion was in the roster, Sub-Zero was in the roster, but also showing off a couple of new, new characters for me. I didn't really play Scarlet a lot, and so this was kind of a reintroduction of Scarlet to me, and in looking at the character, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't play her. But I tend to go to my known characters in games like this, like... I have set people that I play in just about every fighter because they're my comfortable guys, right? Like my big heavy hitters. Am mm-hmm. I just for play, play characters? And I think a lot of people that are into fighting games do that, you know, yeah, in a lot. Yeah, you kind of stick with
1: what you know. Right.
0: You know, like, because there's so many characters, you don't learn everybody's moves list, you don't learn everybody's specials. Like, you, you learn some base things from most characters, you know, who's a... Back forward, down versus a half circle, you know, motion move character, right? But you you build your core stable, if you will, of characters that, that you fight with across games, typically, when you're into fighters. So, like, if I'm being serious in Dead or Alive, more times than not, I'm playing with Kasumi and Ayane. If I'm just monkeying around, it's probably Yoshimitsu and Hayate because I'm not great with Hayate at all but I just like his moves list and just dinking around with him right in Soul Calibur if I'm being serious it's usually Sofitia Taki and Ivy and it's Ivy if I really don't like you <laughs> and want to make a point if I'm just monkeying around it's probably Tira and Maxi for sure you know so uh, there there is that stable and in mortal Kombat, for me my go-tos are are primarily sub zero, jade, katana, and if she's playable, sindel. That's that's pretty oh,
1: sindel. much.
0: Yeah, if she's playable. Uh, cuz sindel's not in every mortal Kombat game, right? Right. And so I I very rarely, you know, move out of my go-tos cuz as you mentioned They're who I know. You know, their moves lists don't vary that much from game to game. And so, you know, I've I've not played Scarlet. So this is kind of an introduction to me to the character because they were featuring gameplay uh, with her in the new trailer that they released as part of the event as well as the uninterrupted gameplay that they've been sharing across the media since the event. And it was really interesting because... One of the videos that I saw of uninterrupted gameplay, which was a Kotaku piece, they had Scarlet playing Garrus. Now, Scarlet, if you're not familiar with the character, is a female character, and she manipulates blood. Like, that's her big thing. She creates a blood scythe. She runs blood attacks that are low attacks that, you know, do low damage, that push a character away and make them unbalanced. She has a grab where blood streams come from the side or the top and bottom of the screen and hold you up in the air. And then she basically runs a blood spike through the middle of your body. Oh, So... She's kind of like, in my head, I have made her out in my mind as being like a bloodbender from like Airbender. Mm Mm-hmm. I see see where you're going with that. Yep. And so it was really interesting to see some of the new mechanics that they brought in. So if you've played a Mortal Kombat game, I would say probably in the recent three, you know that one of the things that they had introduced into the game was this idea of uh, brutal attacks where when you did them, the screen would actually focus in and you would get like an x-ray view of a part of the body that was being attacked that your character was doing damage to on your opponent and it would actually show you like bones breaking inside their body. So like if you did a devastating knee kick, it would actually slow-mo down and zoom in and you would go into their body and you would actually see the knee breaking and disintegrating. <sighs> yeah. Again, one of those, ooh. Like, it's right on the line of, like, ooh, shit, right? But you would be able to execute these attacks while your opponent still had life yet. So it really wasn't a break break because they would hop back up and be, like, right back to fighting if they still had life left on their life bar. So it wasn't a brutal killing attack. That is still in the game, but they've modified it where they've also added this fatal attack, which becomes available when less than 30 percent of your life bar is available and so it then becomes an option that can be used you still have to connect with it so you have to be very careful about your timing of pulling this off to trigger it correctly but if triggered correctly it is an attack that does a tremendous amount of damage to your opponent and in some of the demos i saw if the opponent was at like 40 percent life it could kill them or take them just down to like a sliver, so like less than a percentage, where if you trigger this off and then followed it up with a low you would kill them and win the round so it it is kind of like an equalizer and it's also a thing that I think will definitely kind of
1: change tournament play Right. I wonder if they would even allow the execution of that in tourney, in tourney fighting well it's part of the base game so you either would have
0: to disallow the game in its entirety for tournament or Or you would have to allow it, because it's not something that you can, at least from anything that I've seen right now, turn off. It's just a thing that becomes available once you have less than 30% of your life available. Where I see this as a benefit for lots of players is this then becomes the thing that allows you to penalize people who play corners.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you're playing in tournament, though, I think they have like a common... There are common rules about how tournament gameplay happens. Like, I don't believe they allow corners or or, or stuff like that Right. In I'm, I'm play.
0: talking about corners, you know, when you're playing with your friends versus tournament play, right? Oh. Because okay.
1: I've never played at the tournament
0: level, so I've only observed I neither the have tournament I, level. Bitch. Neither right? have Neither Okay. So, like, I have a deep, deep, deep appreciation <laughs> and affection for tournament play. And there, you know, I think that that Mortal Kombat 11 is definitely going to make the tournament scene, for sure. Just from what I've seen so far, uh, it's absolutely stunning. Like the model, the models are stunning. the The game runs at a ridiculous frame rate. Like it, it looks beautiful. The environments are really detailed. You know, they've they've definitely kicked the game up from 10 to 11. I see this mechanic, this attack that becomes available when you have less than 30 percent left. As really being an equalizer for when you're like playing with your friends at home. And and it makes it a much more attainable game for people who are not diehards, right? Because like if I come into a game and I don't know a moves list, it's really uncomfortable for me playing with people who do. Like think about all of your experiences when I'd be like, You're playing this fighting game with me and you're like, I don't know people's moves. And I'm like, Too late, I hit start, let's go, right? It's not a really fun experience for you.
1: Yeah, Especially I know. Getting your ass I wonder handed what that's like.
0: Yeah, especially if you're getting your ass handed to you, right? Yeah, I wonder what that's like. If you're getting your ass handed to you, and you get to 30%, and now you have this attack that is, for many characters, unless they know exactly what they're doing, is not a blockable attack. You just have to get your timing right to land it, like your timing and your spacing right to land it, that could do 40 to 50% damage. Wouldn't you feel better about knowing that you have that in your back pocket? In that situation? Yes,
1: but at the same time, though... Because it like, equalizes here's, here's the level, right? Here's what's going to So the right? game's going to come out, and all of those diehard, you know, MK fans... Be- and I mean, because I've seen this happen with, with friends of mine who are just very much into their fighters. Yeah. They will dedicate their first two weeks of the game finding who their strongest characters are, yeah. and then they will sit there and grind and master their set list, yeah. like master their move list. Mm-hmm. So now you've got these dedicated people learning all this and also obviously taking into account learning those fatal moves. Mm-hmm. Like, I could kind of see... When this game goes live, those who play it on like the streamers and the YouTubers and the Twitchers and the mixers who will go and play this are going to encounter obviously through their I think I don't know if they're going to do like a like they did in the original Mortal Kombat where they had like the tower for um mm-hmm. for the competitive part, but I could see that kind of happening and people taking a lot of damage to set themselves up to do those killer moves, which I think might necessarily kind of not necessarily cheapen the fighting experience, but I think we're gonna see a whole lot of people getting irked that people are gonna rely heavily on that one deadly move to for like a psych out or for something like
0: and I think again that. that comes into the strategy right like a lot of times people don't think that there's strategy in the fighting game but there really is you know you can definitely come in and just go party mode and just you know button mash with your friends and see what happens and then there's you know the getting serious with it the mastering a character and their moves list and their fatalities and understanding you know what their combo breakers are and what their combos are you know and strengths and weaknesses and I think that you Know, those speak to t- two different kinds of players of the game right like again when I play fighters there is the roster and I am one of those people that when I pick up a fighting game to your point I usually spend the first couple of weeks playing a few rounds with every character to see who I feel comfortable with first and then I start going to okay what are the three or five characters that like I really want to learn because they're going to be my go-to's and then I start working on mastery with those guys And then there are the, you know, the other characters, because I've played everybody, that are like my fun characters. And so when I have, you know, people over or I'm playing with friends online, it's very rare that I play my go-to's. I will usually, you know, play randos that I don't know inside and out so that we can have a fair and fun game. Because I realize that not everybody jumps into a fighter and learns mastery of people. You know, and I do have friends that are like, okay, let's play some, you know, fuck around rounds. And then I actually want to test my Calique against your IVY. You know, because that's who they're working on their mastery on. And that's a character that they're struggling with. And they know that I play that character well. You know, and so then there's the level of, okay, now I actually want to test and I want to get better. And we play those games. More times than not, nine times out of ten, I'm playing bullshit rounds with friends. Because we're just having fun in the game. And so I'm not playing my mainstays. Because it's not fair for me to play somebody who doesn't have mastery of a character with a character that I do have mastery of. That's not fair, I've learned that as I've gotten How long did older. that take you? Look, we don't need to talk about, like, years, okay? I've learned it, all right? <laughs> Let's just take the W on that, okay? Because some people don't learn it. And those people are assholes, and that's why nobody plays with them. I don't even play with those assholes. Okay. OK, I want to be very clear and like I'm not saying mastery folks are just going to bitch slap people all up and down the Internet. Some of them are for sure. Like that's going to happen. I do remember the name of the, the move now. It's called the crushing blow. But there are other things that they have put into the game, too, that I just it feels like the mechanics that they've added. They've added to make the game be a game that appeals to the mastery elite folks and to bring along more casual people and i think that that's a smart move for this game especially in the place that we're at right now with gaming right like pretty much battle royale has just run roughshod over everything okay so caliber 6 came out and like and it, with the exception of the fandom for so caliber like it got no play it didn't make any waves because everything was fortnite pubg fortnite pubg fortnite pubg uh Fortnite, 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 Fortnite being sued. Fortnite, 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 you know? And so it's really hard to capture back some of the folks, which don't get me wrong, Fortnite is a great game. I love watching people play it. And I get why people are drawn to it. There are other experiences out there as well. So I think it is smart in this space to be like, okay, we need to make sure that we are lining this up so that we bring the existing fan base something new, something different and a little challenge but that we also put some things in so that the casual gamer also feels like there's something there for them as well and i think that's one of the things that soul caliber has not done well is that they have not done enough to entice the casual gamer onto the platform i agree and so i think that it's a really smart move um it's really great to see ed boone Seems so very hands on with the project. You know, he presented at the reveal event, which is great. You know, they've shown off Sonya uh, in some of the, the gameplay. The fatalities are just as brutal as ever. In one of the videos that I watched where Garrus was playing Scarlet, which Garas is this very big dude. I'm not sure if he's cyborg or ethereal or whatnot, but in this battle they were playing on this sand level, and basically, Garrus seemed to be able to manipulate the sand. So it literally was a bloodbender versus an earthbender. Huh. Okay, for me, so it was very interesting. But like he had this attack where like he would summon you into quicksand, which would pull you down, and then you would be popped up in the air, and he would make these two big sand sledgehammers appear and pin you like a vice and just knock all the wind out of your sails. But all the, the brutality that you know, you've know you been accustomed to in Mortal Kombat is back. So they showed off a fatality where basically Garrus punches the majority of your organs out of your body and then ends with punching you in the back of the head, which forces very violently your brain and half your face and most of your skull to fly forward from your body.
1: Uh, That's not a feeling that I have experienced nor ever want to. It's
0: not one that I want to experience, but it's a a good one. So evidently, like, Garrus has control over time flow. So, like, I don't know what that means. They introduced a new character, to the game overall so when you go through story mode there is actually again once again a story mode uh and a final boss that you're trying to defeat this boss is called chronica so this is actually for mortal kombat the first time that the final boss of the game has been female Hmm. and there are more female characters in the game as well it feels like mortal kombat's grown up a little bit which makes me really excited And they've got a customization feature in there so you can customize weapons. So, you know, just about every character has some kind of weapon base that they use that you can customize to really a little bit, I think, fit your play style with that character even more. So again, I just, I feel like the team is really doing a lot of things to make the game feel really accessible. Uh, The game is going to be out late April 2019. And it's going to be available on PC, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So, I'm very excited about the game. And I love fighters. I make no bones about it. And no, it's just you don't. Really, It's really cool to have three really solid fighters at the beginning of the year. You know, Soul Calibur Six came out at the end of 2018. We've got a new Dead or Alive game coming. And we've got a new Mortal Kombat game coming. Like... For me, this is like my high school time because those were the fighting games that I was playing in high school in Virtua Fighter. But I haven't heard anything from Sega on that, so I ain't got anything to say on that. But I'm excited for Mortal Kombat 11. If you enjoy fighting games and you have ever in your life enjoyed any Mortal Kombat game because I don't want to throw shade on anybody, you definitely should be checking out what's going on with Mortal Kombat 11. I don't know that I'm going to be pre-ordering the game But I'm definitely gonna buy it. And it's just because, you know, I gotta, I'm on budget restriction. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think 2019 should be fiscal responsibility 2019. 2018 (laughs) was very much treat yourself for me, which at the time felt great. Yeah. then you know see
0: 2018 wasn't treat myself so I feel like I think yours was survive mine mine was <laughs> I literally was running through like a survival horror in 2018 and I made it out the other side with yep. all of my appendages you
1: survived you I outlast survived. You yes outlasted I, did. In I did
0: I outlasted <laughs> I made it until dawn <laughs> and now it's the dawn of a new time <laughs> <laughs> but I still have to be fiscally responsible. Wow. But yeah, like 2018 was straight, straight up survival horror for me in real life. <laughs> and so 2019 should be treating myself was a real division. It really was. The half, the half Legit, off. like I was scavenging for all kinds of things.
1: But you <sighs> made it. But when I it. made it.
0: I did. I outlasted. I made it until dawn. I'm no longer divided. (laughs) (laughs) I got the resources pack. (laughs) It wasn't all the resources that I need, but... It was enough. It was a candy bar. You know what I mean? So, I'm not at full health, but I'm also not getting that stupid, like, you about to die noise. So, (laughs) that's good.
1: But yeah, that's what I'm bringing to the table for right now. What do you got? What you been playing? Like, what you been doing? So... I think it's going to be really funny for me to talk about this, because I don't think I've really talked about this aspect of games in a really long time. Okay. So, because, you know, back in my, you know, Nintendo 64 days, which was a while ago. Yeah.
0: But you very, were a
1: devotee of the N64. Right. I was. I was. Primarily, I played a lot of, you know, Mario 64 and Waver- Star Fox 64 and Star Fox. And then also, additionally, I played a lot of cruising. Yes, you know, you did. cruising USA, mm-hmm. cruising world, yeah. you know, and all that. So I mean I enjoy the occasional racing game every once in a while. Yeah. I mean and
0: I miss, I was, I miss and I Project wasn't Gotham terrible, racing.
1: And I, I wasn't really terrible at them True. either. I mean, I nope. wouldn't necessarily call myself a pro, but You, you know, beat my ass all the time. Yes. Well There wasn't I, a cruising level that I could win. When we played, I think I was far more into wave race than cruising, and I'd love for us to get a new. We were way more competitive because I actually had a chance.
0: I had a chance
1: in wave race. I had no chance in cruising. But but anyway, but yeah. So racing games are. It's not. It's not a genre that I spend a lot of time in now, but I do have a fondness for it Mm -hmm. every once in a while. And I mean, and I'm not really into like you know, car shows or demos. Or any of that. Like I didn't. I've never played no Forza. Like I've never. I've never played Midnight Club. Like never. It was never a thing. Girl, I got um, some Forza you can play. I mean, one of us should play it, right? <laughs> I mean, I got some Forza any, anyway. But but, needless to say, in my early ish thirties, I started kind of getting into a show, and this is going to circumvent into a game. So I want you to realize that I'm not, you know, stay, I'm not breaking our our rule here for Esh. I'd heard about a show called Top Gear a while back and never really got into it because it was it was too hyped up in the beginning. Everyone's like, Oh my god, it's so good, it's so funny, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's just car porn. And I mean, not that I'm mad at There's nothing wrong with car porn. There's nothing wrong with car porn. Like at all. Some of us
0: enjoy car porn.
1: Right. But I think I was just more into like the DIY porn. And, like... <laughs> I thought you were just going to be, like, I was just more into, like, porn, porn? porn. No. <laughs> but, like, I was into, like, do-it-yourself uh-huh. and, like, baking, por- like, food porn. Yes. Like, that was more my speed. And I was like, I don't really need to get into I that. just... Also, when you say DIY porn, what
0: you mean is craft like D- porn, di- cra- like crafting crafts. items. Yes, as opposed not actual to do-it-yourself solo. porn. <laughs> right. Not, I just wanted to make that statement.
1: Not, not actual pornography, but just DIY, like on YouTube crafts. Do it, yeah, craft, yes. crafts, Craft obsession. Just just craft. Just move away from
0: DIY porn. Just say craft so, porn. Okay? Yeah, and like
1: food, as opposed to artisanal porn. Stuff. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. But needless to say, so, like, I'd heard about Top Gear and then I heard about, like, and apparently for me, there has to be some type of level of drama or controversy for me to be, like, intrigued by something. And that just goes to show you the caliber of person I am. I can't just have a general interest. I need someone to be fucking up for me. Like, please tell me about how you're fucking up. (laughs) Like, I have to, you have to seed me in with something tempting, like drama and angst and all of that. And uh, when I had first heard about, you know, the Top Gear drama, I was like, okay, well, this seems interesting enough. I could bite. This could be fun. And when, like, obviously the show got shut down because of all that stuff and, and things that were being said. And, you know, people on that show having really bad, you know, experiences and stuff. But then all of a sudden when the Grand Tour showed up. My husband was like, by the way, these are the people from Top Gear who, like, got fired from Top Gear. And this is their show. And I'm like, so it's just Top Gear, but it's not Top Gear. And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, you can have this. I'm going to go back to, like, my Nailed It or, like, my, you know, Cake Boss or, like, my Guilty Pleasure, you know, other interests. As he began to watch more of it, the more interested I got and actually... I started seeing the value in, like, you know, car porn. I was like, ooh, like, that was shot really nice. Ooh, that challenge was really interesting. Ooh, these these three guys, you know, Jer- Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May, are all very unique personalities with a similar interest, but are each kind of juxtaposed to another one. So, like, it's this really nice triangle, like, this perfect trifecta of personalities and interests and all that stuff. And I found out fairly recently that the Grand Tour was involved in creating a game, which I was like, okay, so it's gonna be a racing game around the world, kind of like, maybe it's gonna be kind of like cruising. Maybe I can, like, sink my teeth into this. And it's actually... I think is very ambitious for right now. So the thing about the Grand Tour game, which just came out on the 15th, so like literally it will be like a, almost two weeks from when this show airs that it's been out, like a full week, maybe, maybe a week in like three days, ten days. And it literally runs parallel to the current season because they're now in season three of the Grand Tour. So... They have decided to take this racing element and splice it into this episodic format. So new installments of these challenges and whatnot from the gaming aspect of this game will be spliced into the episodes as they release. If you don't know the stand you don't know the the TV like the show standard or how the show is structured, generally, there's you know, some funny bits, some car porn. We usually get to see the three personalities, you know, choose a particular car, type of muscle car, or supercar as they like to call them on the show. And they talk them all up, and they race them at their, at their particular track that they have. I think the Ebola drone is what they're using this season. And then usually you'll see some, you know, some other cuts of them doing some wacky challenge that puts them on an, in a completely different part of the world, usually. And you see them bicker, kind of like you would expect brothers to, even though none of them are related to each other. And at the end of it, you know, something horrible generally happens to one or two or all of them, and a good laugh is had by all, and, like, the show wraps up. And the game is essentially the episode, but every time any of the personalities or any part of the driving is occurring, it has this really interesting transition into or splicing from the episode to where you as the viewer and or the player in this actually plays the race or the challenge. Or so it puts you behind the seat, you know, behind the wheel of a McLaren Sienna, or which is like the newest one right now. And I wasn't sure if I felt the integration would work. I was worried that it wouldn't be nearly as seamless as it is. And I thought there would be a big detraction between how the show is is pieced together and stitched together and how they would make a racing game integrate with that. And I thought there would be a problem with that. From the few encounters I've had, and I've had about four of them at this point, because they are slowly releasing different episodes from the three seasons. Not all of them are available, and some of them are only accessible as downloadable content. So there is this microtransaction aspect to it. But... I think it has this really interesting nuance. And I know that we've seen attempts of, you know, TV shows trying to become more immersive with their their demographics by making it somewhat interactive. I'm one who has watched, like, The Bachelor and, you know, and has watched The Voice and has bought apps to, like, vote for, like, my favorite singer or dancer. And it's a little embarrassing to say out loud, but I've done that. But I feel like this kind of gives me, it allows me to scratch that itch a little bit, you know, because when you see some of these cars, you're like, oh man, I'd love to like touch that car. Like I am, I would be way too scared to sit in one of these and turn it on because I'm just accident prone. To a place where, like, no, there's not enough insurance that I could take out on myself to make me feel confident <laughs> well, enough here's, to turn- here's
0: Well, here's the things that, that, that I can help you with, at least on the supercar thing. You would be sitting with someone driving a supercar because the majority of supercars, and when I say majority, I think pretty much all of them with the exception of I think, no, I think that that one's too. They're all stick. I was about to say because I can't trap stick. You can't trap stick. So (laughs) you wouldn't be driving them. You would be riding in them. And so it's a lot easier to sit down in one and be driven by something. Oh, see, no, that'd be fine.
1: Sign me up for that. (laughs) Give me that. Because, like,
0: that's one of the things that, like, whenever I've gone to Vegas, I've always been, like, you know, maybe it'd be worth it to, like, rent one of those, like, dope-ass cars that, like, they're like, oh, you can rent this, like, Lamborghini for $60 today. And then you get in and it's like, yeah, but you got to buy the extra insurance, though, because, like, if you even scratch it, you got to pay for that. And that's, like, going to be ridiculous. And then my brain goes, and you don't know how to drive stick. So you can't drive
1: those cars anyway. So, I mean, it's just, like, the... It, it makes it attainable really for a hot second mm-hmm. balance that i actually kind of really like now i mean if once again if you're not familiar with the show like you know there's a lot of running jokes that if you if you've come in from the beginning season and i mean even if you saw some of the stuff that happened in top gear like you have an idea of how these three characters play off of each other mm-hmm. and i mean our our dear friend richard hammond is kind of like a crash queen or at least that's what I have dubbed him in my mind, because he's had so many crashes (laughs) on this show. And and I think because he's small, he has, like, a Napoleon complex, so, like, he feels Mm -hmm. like he just has to outperform everybody, and, like, Mm -hmm. it it leads to some dangerous situations. One of the races that they gave us as, like, a teaser to what was going to happen with this game was one where he had, like, a very significant crash, like, Mm. coming off of a race. And when I first saw that this was the episode that they were giving us, I was like... Are they going to let us play him during this race knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, that this was a race that like literally like he spun out of control and went over the side of like a cliff and like his car literally blew up with him in it. Oh, wow. Granted, he he was okay. Like, he was—and the funny thing is when they they do this whole segment, like, you see the car on fire and, like, you see, like, the ambulance and, and, like, the team come in and an evacuation helicopter shows up. And you see them, like, cutting off, like, pants because, like, they're, like, fused to him. So they have to literally, like, cut his pants off of him to, like, med flight him to, like, get checked out and stuff. And you know, when it cuts back to all three of them, like in the tent, like clearly he's there, so clearly he's alive, right? But like, <laughs> you know, like, and they and they play it off like, well, yeah, that was the race, and clearly he didn't like place, and they're like, yeah, but I'm alive though. That's like, well, yeah, Again, yeah, you're winning, alive. okay, winning. So sometimes you um, have to redefine what the win is, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, like, I actually kind of like the fact that like they don't shy; they're not shying away from the things that happen in the episode. I mean, granted, there are some strong differences between, like, what actually airs and what you get in the game. Because, I mean, the things that I think draw me in, particularly to the Grand Tour, is while I am now becoming more aware of, like, the, the supercars and, like, all these really cool things that are happening in the You're game. You're gaining and, a new appreciation. Right. But I, the the parts of the show that I like, they actually kind of, they trim so so down in the game like i mean i actually kind of like a lot of the the bits and the bickering between the three personalities and like they have a segment called conversation street where they're talking about some new development in the car world like uh-huh. some new innovation that is still not it's not out not street legal but like these advancements so like you get a little bit of science a little bit of culture and all this a stuff. little bit all... of caddy. Yeah, like, you get it all in this nice little bundle, and, like, they take all that stuff out, and actually, like, case in point, so they just released the first episode for season three in the game format, so you're able to watch a good chunk of the show. It's not all of it, obviously, because all those talky bits, they've cut down a lot, but you actually kind of lose some context between them. Cause because because okay. they're cutting them down so much, like, you might not get the one-liner that spurred the whole meltdown, but you're getting okay. the meltdown. Okay. So, like, you clearly know something sparked that, but you don't get that. So, like, it pulls you out of that a little bit. But then they seamlessly integrate you into, you know, a spin-out challenge where, like, you have to do donuts and you're like, holy shit. There is a balance issue, I think, in how you manipulate the car. And also, okay. additionally, you know, I am not the smoothest driver. No, in real no. life, I've, no. I've, not, I've not had many accidents. Thank uh-huh. God. Gonna mm-hmm. air knock on some wood. Knock, mm-hmm. knock, knock. Because I've been very fortunate in that. But, you know, in most racing games... You suck you at know, driving in games, too. Yeah, in most, in most cases. But when you do, you know, and you slam into a guardrail, like, you see the consequences of your carelessness, Mm -hmm. But this game, they do not have the rights to show any of these supercars in damaged form. Oh, okay. So when you hit things, like when you hit other cars, because at some point, like sometimes there are challenges where you have to do a certain thing. There's like time lapse, there's best lap, and then there's like a straight drag race with like the other, the other personalities. And when you slam into them, like, you don't see any damage in the car. And the and the first time I saw my husband playing that, I thought that was really weird because I'm so used to you seeing the dents and the scratches, and they, they don't have the rights to show any of these fancy-ass supercars in a negative light. And it's really intriguing to me because it's, like, one of the first things I was expecting to see, and right. you don't. Case in point with that with the third uh third season, this first episode, like I mentioned earlier, they were talking about a McLaren Siena, which is like the newest supercar that the McLaren has been developing. Clarkson takes this car to I think he says Thurxton or Thruxton, which is like one of the fastest racetracks. Uh huh. Or at least he claims is the fastest one because part of the big Also, doesn't is-
0: Mercedes develop the McLaren? Is
1: the, do pretty they? sure? Okay. Pretty well, I mean, I'm still learning. Yeah, I know. But I'm to say... But, I'm and just and saying, this, but I'm I'm, no. But the 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 McLaren that they showed was the McLaren Sienna. Yep. Like that. That's its name. But they developed it. Um, and he was driving it, and he brought it, and like the the demo reel was supposed to put him obviously in in that McLaren, and he we were, we were supposed to see him drive it. However. They don't have the right to show this car in the game. So when you're playing the game this episode, when it goes to that part, you're like, oh, man, they're going to put me like theoretically behind like this brand new car in this game. And they have to put in these splices where they're like, so actually we don't have we don't have the ability to do this car right now in this game, because I think this is all like in real time, sort of. So, like, they put us in a different car with a different segment altogether from a totally different episode. And I think later on, as they gain more rights to replicate the car in-game, you'll start seeing all of those things back-ended. I thought it was a very interesting, you know, thing, a dynamic that, you know, the game may not be fully accurate episodically due to licensing and you know, right. legality stuff. Because I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting to see that at all. And it's like, oh well, there it is. Like and wow also I okay. take that back.
0: Mercedes has a McLaren, but
1: Okay. But they did okay. But I mean like it has all the all the great nuances from the actual show. I like the fact that they do bleep out like obviously the swear word like it's mm-hmm. weird. So they they verbally, vocally bleep out the swear words, but there are captions and stuff still So at one point um, during the donut, so during one of the one of the challenges, it was a donut challenge, and you have to play as all three of the personalities to to go through the whole uh, segment. And I was playing as James May, and apparently James May has never done a donut (laughs) ever, so like he has to learn how. And I, like I said, am not the best driver, especially not now, and like Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time getting the drag right to properly, you know, donut. And I've never done a donut. I've never done a donut. I mean, I've eaten donuts in my real I life. I have. But I've, never, I've eaten very delicious donuts. But, I, but I've never, like, spun my car out. Right. But as I'm doing this challenge at one point, I, like, hit this wall, and it cuts to, you know, actual James May inside the car, and it bleeps him. But then I see, you know, in the, the text, cock. And I'm like, um someone wasn't paying it someone mm-hmm. who's bleeping didn't also censor yeah, the subtitles they, they didn't they didn't bleep the subtitles so like he just said cock <laughs> i didn't hear it but it said he did so i believe it yep but it sounds like something he would say but i mean like it's very but it's it's got a great nuance. It has a nice balance to the show. So like, if you've ever been like, man, I'd like to be in that show. This game definitely gives you that. So I mean, I definitely think they're taking some strong strides in how to incorporate game and TV into a combined medium. Uh huh. Is there better a lot better than things? Quantum Break? What didn't better they do? Better than Quantum Break? I think I think so. I definitely plan to play more of this because, one, this is something me and my husband, like, we both enjoy the show a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can play this multiplayer, I think, split screen up to four. Okay. And I think online you could also do more than that. And there are some, like, you know, race challenges where, like, you can have multiple, you know, cars on the same track that have power-ups of some sort. That is can... it PC only on console? No, no, no. We're We're playing this on the PS4 right now. Okay. So so console, for sure. I'm not sure about PC, but I'd imagine if it's on console, then I can't see why it wouldn't be on PC. But I think the big general thing is that they want whatever medium you're using, there's a streaming element, like a show streaming element that has to be incorporated. Because you are, in fact, mm-hmm. watching the episodes and then injecting yourself during their races and their challenges and stuff. So it really brings you further into what's going on, which I actually really do appreciate. If you're someone who really enjoys beautiful looking fast cars and the wit and banter of three gentlemen and you're, not, wa- and you're not watching Grand Tour, well, one, I'd recommend watching Grand Tour. But then if you if you would like to get behind the wheel of a car that you'll never afford in your lifetime, you could then play the game and scratch that itch the way that we are. And I mean, it. It is enjoyable. I have enjoyed my time playing the Grand Tour game. so
0: let me ask you this now that you are finding a new appreciation of yeah. car porn we'll just put it that way, and also you know going back a little bit into racing games, which you know I do remember how much you enjoyed cruising and and wave race oh man did that spark in you the because I've had this experience that maybe I should look back at some of the racing games that exist now and pick anything up
1: like I think it's really weird because you know I think for me the the strongest reason that I gravitated towards this is because I already had a line in because they basically, you already this had an of, attachment because of the show. Because and you of the were show, already a fan of the show, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, like if, like I don't know, like I don't feel a strong urge to like jump into Forza and try Forza, Right. but I think like if if I was with someone who was playing it and like and then I happen to see like one of the cars that I remember seeing on Top Gear or, you know, Grand Tour, then I'd be like, Oh, I wonder if this handles better here than it does in the game. Like mm-hmm. I think there has to be something else that pulls me into the interest for it. Right, so there's but,
0: nothing in you right now that's like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have like passed on the crew completely and not even ever looked into right, it or affords no. a Forza, or. But I, but I
1: think that this game, if once I play more of it, because like right now, like I'm really just I'm playing it because of the nuance and the tie into the episodes. So as I watch mm-hmm. those, but then I think once I really get into, oh my god, I'd like to get gold on this challenge. Like once I get into that headspace, mm-hmm. then I think it, it might be, be different. Yes, but right now it's because I have the interest in the show and because right. I'm watching the show and then, you know, keeping me yeah. on the toes because like like I said it splices the game into the actual episode. So then, you know, I can be listening to them talk about like the McLaren P1 and all of a sudden it's like, "All right, are you ready?" and then you jump right into a challenge. So mm-hmm. like it's keeping me engaged. Gotcha. So and
0: that makes perfect
1: sense. Yeah. So I think the more of these episodes I do, it, I think it's going to refuel my passion for my need for speed. Gotcha. But only in game, but because not, I don't speed in real re- life. Re- yeah, no.
0: But, but, but yeah. also not the Need for Speed franchise, because... No.
1: I never touches. understood. Like, the first speed, okay, you're on a bus, and the bus has to be a... Sur- but, not, but but the numbers, the second one where they're on the boat... No, 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 not the movie, the Need for Speed video game franchise. Oh, 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 I thought you were talking about Speed the movie. No, the Need for Speed franchise. <laughs> <gasps> I need to pump the brakes. Let me put my emerge brake on. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's you got a handbrake really for a hot
0: second because we're that's where you get your best drag.
1: <laughs> you know, like it's it's really weird because you know, like when I think about this game and this show, mm-hmm. yep. you know, because there have been other sh- you know movies like yes. the, f- the franchise with the the. Um, with uh, Vin Diesel. To to this,
0: that I was just about to get to this because that was going to be my next question. Was okay. So if the thing that brought you into racing it, at this point again, so you thinking maybe movies interest? would
1: have the same effect on me? So
0: so so what I'm saying is because like this is one thing that I I've, I've never really myself understood why it didn't happen and and ultimately where i got to was it has to be because of the amount of damage that would need to be in the game you would not be able to get people to sign off on the licensing but why is there not as successful as the fast and the furious franchise has been and as big of a video game fan as vin diesel is why has there not been a fast and furious video game franchise i don't know because, and wh- and like I said, where I got to was it has to be because one of the biggest selling points and the biggest things in Fast and the Furious isn't necessarily just the vehicles that they're souping up and driving, but it's also the ridiculous stunts and damage that they do. Right, like right. Remember the the one where they drove the car from one building, one skyscraper, like through it, through it, another skyscraper. Yeah, like like there's damage ridiculous. that has to happen to that car. If you're going to do that, okay, and let's be honest, like, in video games, we're used to that shit, because we've been playing Just Cause and jumping cars through buildings and shit for a long, long time, right? So, like, there's no suspension of disbelief that we have to do to do it, where we would all be like,
1: fuck fuck y'all, is if you
0: did that, and there was not even a scratch on the vehicle, that'd be bullshit exactly right like so that's where my brain was like that's probably why it's because they can't do it and do it in a way where like there's no way that there's not going to be some damage like None. we blew up the building with the car in it the car is not going to be in 100% tack i can jump into it and drive like no no, no ford
1: absolutely no not. so so i don't but I honest, if there I honestly was a know, that that, furious, may be, that may be why
0: but but my yeah. question to you is, if there was a Fast and Furious franchise now having the experience that you've had with the Grand
1: Tour, would you play it? You know, it's actually because one, this is gonna now this is gonna make <laughs> make people hate me. If they didn't hate me before, they may begin <laughs> to slowly dislike me now.
0: Oh, get so. your Twitter fingers ready, people.
1: <laughs> so she's to gonna date, say it. To date, I've only watched. Three Fast and the Furious movies. And please don't
0: say Tokyo Drift is
1: one of them. No, <laughs> no. So, so I literally watched like one, two, and three. I stopped after three, and I have like <laughs> I have like five friends who are like diehard. Like so,
0: you watch. They one, will two, have and they Tokyo will have Drift on every They'll watch three.
1: all of them and um and i'm like i i can't and the sad thing is you know like obviously with that last one obviously with the with the tragic passing of you know um paul walker and i hear that song and i think of that music video girl you are it. so far behind
0: i am All so behind and i know and i you know, know that seven. there's the... a whole movie after that without him i know and that's 8 and i know so you're like and i know the last the... one he wasn't even the...
1: remotely close to being involved in 8 and the and the narr- and the narrative the gen- the overarching narrative, the movies are out of order.
0: <laughs> yes, because Drift is not three. Drift
1: is not three. Drift is like. But you've referred six. to it as three. Drift is prequel. Drift is before four. One. Oh, okay. So, like, it's, uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think I think Tokyo Drift is shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never said it was okay. I just want to make sure I watched
0: it. I just okay. I just want to make sure. Cause whoo
1: I wasn't about to say Tokyo here. Drift was the best move. Like fuck no. no,
0: no. I think Tokyo Drift had like one of the better soundtracks. I agree, but
1: you could take a poop and have and it feel like the best poop, but it's still poop. <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, it's still shit. So I'm just saying, I saw it. It's what I have seen. If I had to, like, check off all the Fast and Furious movies, there's only three boxes I'm ticking. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> oh, my I God. I think, I would think now. hmm Because, like, every once in a while, I feel like, oh, I could try. And then I'm like, I could also try meth, but I probably shouldn't. And then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> I have no comments. Don't do
0: drugs, kids. Stay in school.
1: I strongly think that if I were a hardcore Fast and the Furious fan, Mm -hmm. I would then Mm -hmm. buy into the experience of playing the game. Uh So I think it really plays up on your interests. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like, if there were a Sailor Moon game out there in English Mm -hmm. that I could play.
0: I mean, mean, if there was a Sailor Moon game out there. In English, because there are like, Sailor Moon games out
1: there. Yeah, but if the, it was in English. in English and was over here in America, you bet your sweet boopie, <laughs> I'd be playing don't, that shit. Don't bet your sweet boopie. I you you only have one. Putting sweet all the boopies down, betting max boopies. But anyway, <laughs> like, don't I would do that. I would completely do that. Like, if there were a way where. Like with the the whole thing about the the Top Gear game, it's this it's this this merging Mm -hmm. of two mediums that I appreciate that that really attracted you. Yes, like that's Mm -hmm. the thing, and I'm like, ooh, like this was extremely ambitious, and I'm like, I'd like to see this happen in other places. And like I said, I know they've kind of tried it It with like the 4400. They tried to like do some like web integration stuff. Well, and then there's the sci-fi one
0: that that right. actually has a series that's running on sci-fi and then there's the game I can't remember what it is but it begins with a d but i i know that that one's been a more successful no, I'm just kidding. one that's not a
1: but well, i would like to, de- i'd de- like to see de- more, de- more de- i'd like to take like i'd like to see some more risks like in this development like case in point there's a show that i marathoned on Netflix called you it's a psychological thriller Yes. Very good, by the way. Not uh-huh. too terrifying, but, like, definitely something that, you know, like, it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Because, like, obviously, as you watching it, you see all the red flags. Right. A mile away. Mm-hmm. And then the people who in the series also notice these red flags, you're like, ooh, uh-huh. you're, like, five It makes hours- you talk to the TV. Got it. You're, you're five hours too late. You fucked. You know, and like Mm -hmm. and and I had that experience all yesterday while I was watching it. But like it'd be really cool if they could do something like that and incorporate this interaction kind of like Until Dawn did, but Mm -hmm. make it in real time like that'd be super neat. You know, and I, I think we have like all these bits of this puzzle to to make this work. I just think we need the right genre with the right team. Like mm-hmm. it's just the amalgamation of everything happening at the right time. Right, you gotta and get think, the lightning in the bottle. Yeah, and I mean, I that's know that's so super easy. hard, and I know it's not something that you know can just be achieved. But, but I believe, but it does come with trying it, and it I does. think, and I think we need more. We need more people taking trying the risk it. to see mm-hmm. it. Because, you know, what may not work, A and B may not work in your scenario, but C really did. And then someone could take C, and who have a really strong B, and put that together. And then someone comes up with that killer A, and then, bam, innovation at its best. And there you
0: have it. I feel like that's a good place to end. I, I will save... Uh, My other pieces for another day. If you enjoyed our podcast, then please make sure that you subscribe to our show. You can find it on our website, electricsisterhood.com. The links are right there on the homepage, uh, as well as checking out all the other great content that we're creating and putting out there news, reviews, and so much more right there on our site, electricsisterhood.com. You can also find our podcast in iTunes, either on the desktop or through the iOS application, Podcasts. And subscribe to the Cast and get our show as soon as we put it out on the web every week. You can also get the show on Bognetwork.com, on stitcherradio.com, and through Google Play. So please make sure wherever you choose to listen, however you choose to listen, that you subscribe and listen to the new episodes when we put them out each week. You can also check out, like I said, our site, as well as the sites of all the other great content creators that are part of our family. That includes our homie, King Baby Duck, over at b3crew.com. That includes our homie, Hamsterman2049, over at smashrook.com. That includes the man, the myth, the legend, Phil the Issues Guy, with Phil's recap and review on YouTube and his website, issuesprogram.com. And the homies over at nerdcrave.com keeping you up to date with all the stuff that nerds crave. So the entire network has a little bit of everything. We've got streamers. We've got recap show content creators. We've got comic book, video game, anime, manga nerds. We've got our homie KBD over at No Borders, No Race, spinning all kinds of great music from artists that you haven't heard across the globe and teaching you a little bit of Japanese in the mix. And then, of course, us keeping you up to date with all the video game stuff, all the nerdery that you can handle with anime and gadgets and more. So please make sure that you check out all of our sites and bookmark them, that you check out all of our shows and our streams that we put out across the. Platforms. We've got YouTubers We've got people Doing stuff on Twitch We're going to have Some stuff coming For Mixer really soon So please make sure That you check out All of our stuff Give us a holler On our social You can find us on Instagram, at ESH News, on Twitter, at ESH News, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Land Hit us up and let us know if there's something you want us to review, preview, check out, to share your opinion, or if you just want to share some thoughts to say hi, hit us up. We love hearing from you guys. It's really cool we do this for you as much as we do it for us, and it's time to be out of here. So, with that, I'm wrapping it up. I'm Ninja Sister And I'm Pandelicious. Until next time titties and waffles.